Howdy, folks. Ah, there you are. And just in time. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Yo ho, yo ho, a parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. A parent's life for me. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we love to talk about Walt Disney World, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and how and why we still enjoy frequenting the happiest place on earth. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may even return to your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And hopefully, we can share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I am Dewey, one of your hosts, coming to you from my home in the bustling metropolis that is Magnolia, Delaware. And this is episode number 32 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. We thank y'all for being here with us. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved in the show through social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future podcast episodes. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Cleveland, Tennessee. My good buddy, Ron, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Good to be here. Um, Things are well. It's sunny in Cleveland. Yeah, you look, you got some color on your face. You look like uh, you got some color this week. Yeah, we laid out at the pool a little long yesterday. (laughs) Well, you look good in red, Ron. (laughs) All right. Good to have you here, buddy. And then coming to us from the Big Apple, my good buddy, Tony G. What's going on, Tony? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good to see you guys again. It's been a while since we've all been together talking about this stuff. And again, I'd like to thank our audience for listening to our show. 32 episodes in. This is pretty cool. Yeah, eventually we're going to hit our stride, right, Tony? Eventually. (laughs) Keep listening and keep telling people about it. Uh, have you guys seen the new, or it's not new anymore, but I just watched it, the the latest uh, Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Not yet. You know? uh, we just watched it yesterday, and um, there's one of the characters, one of the kids on there, is uh, he does his own podcast. And uh, they kept saying throughout the episode, or throughout the, the show, um, or th- throughout the movie, he talked about his show, and he said it really hits its stride on episode 46 so <laughs> that just made me laugh i was like all right well we're on episode 32 maybe we'll we're hit going our there stride. Yeah, yeah yeah we'll hit our stride at episode 46 fingers crossed so <laughs> i just thought it made me funny or made me funny it made me laugh i thought it was funny when uh, you know because we do our show here and we're just here having fun and um made me laugh because uh, he was very proud of his show and said it hit its stride at episode 46. <laughs> so we have something to strive for. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So it is, it was a pretty good movie. It was fun. If you like, uh, like the original Ghostbusters and stuff, it was, it was fun. 
All right. Completely off subject, but uh, podcast, I'll tie it in somehow. All right, guys, are y'all ready to reflect on this week's WDW Reflections podcast? Are you ready? Are you excited? I am. This is uh, going to be a fun topic. And, and yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Let's go ahead and slide on over to our main segment. So this week, the fellas and I wanted to do a show about something that we've discussed on a few occasions uh, amongst ourselves, just in fun, chit-chatting and stuff. And something that I know that I've dreamed of since I was 11 years old on my first Walt Disney World trip in 1985. So today's topic is, what's your Disney dream job? This is something that I've definitely considered a lot. Uh, I told my parents on our very first trip that I was going to work there someday. And here we are 37 years later, and uh, that's still my dream. That's still what I hope to do. And uh, one that I hope to make a reality in uh, just three short years from now, when I finally retire from teaching. So, fellas, was this one a hard one for y'all to complete? Or um, what, what did you, because I think we decided we were just going to do, uh, each of us were just going to do our top three, right? Just sort of like top three jobs that we would want it to do. So I had a hard time limiting my list to just three. So that's that's on my side. What, what about you guys? Do you guys have a hard time choosing your your top three Disney World jobs? Not so much choosing it, but uh, the, the kind of thing that I'd like to do is sort of uh, vague in each one, which I'll explain as, as I go on. I, I have a specific place I'd like to be and and, and do, but it, it's kind of vague. It's not a specific job title. What about you, Ron? Was it easy for you to just drop down your top three list or did you the first two, but then, cause I, we, I think we originally were looking at five, but yeah. Um, my first five were still somewhat easy. Um, the order in which they are could change any day, every, you know, on the feeling with the exception of my number one. And Hey, look, Top three is not a, you know, chiseled in stone rule. If you, if you couldn't do three and you're like, man, I got five, let's do five. I don't care. We could do oh, five. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm right. not, I'm not um, passionate about doing the other two. It's just uh, the top three are very easy. And maybe we could do uh, like an honorable mention, maybe right before we reveal our number one, we reveal uh, something that we that we could think of that almost made the list, but didn't quite squeeze into the top three. Maybe maybe yeah. we could do that. Why don't we do that so you can squeeze one of those extra ones in there? How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, good. Then we'll do that. We're making the rules up as we go. That's kind of how we do this thing. I was going to say, that's kind of our MO. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. All right. Well, Ron, why don't we start with you, bud? What is... Your number three, the third item on your list of Walt Disney World dream jobs. So number three was to be a ride operator where you get to be in character. So like Haunted Mansion or um, uh, Tower of Terror or any of those that you get to the new star Wars where you can stay in character and just have some fun and really be 
part of the action. Okay. Is that it? You didn't, don't wish to elaborate anymore. You're, you're good. That's, that's just, that's I'm yeah, I need to learn to elaborate a little more, but I mean, <laughs> I don't, for me with, with those scenarios, when you go to the parks, that's part of the uniqueness of Disney is they, they immerse you in the experience. Right. And those, they probably don't get, I don't know this, but I'm assuming those, individuals probably don't get paid anymore even though the expectations are a little higher on them to stay in character and to be part of the experience to me as someone that wants to be an employee at disney someday would find that to be part of the experience of being employed by disney to be able to bring some of the magic Yeah, I would agree with that assessment as well. All right, Tony, what about you, sir? What is your number three? Third thing on your list of Walt Disney World dream jobs. Well, as I mentioned, some of them are related to each other. So I think limiting limiting it down to three makes it a little bit easier because I I can kind of combine these. But I think it would be kind of fun to be a VIP tour guide at Disney World, you know, taking guests, especially... Uh, important or famous people around and explain, explaining the history of Disney World to them, getting to visit some of the hidden areas behind the scenes, getting to go down to the core, uh, to the utilidors and, and also getting a chance to explore the archives. It's, I'm sure these people must have to ha- go through some kind of training where they need to see the archives up close and personally and be able to touch the, the mechanics and, and be able to explore the backstage world i would love to to be part of that that world tony i think you would look great in that plaid vest buddy <laughs> there you go. yeah you could definitely pull that off <laughs> all right so i'll go with mine number three on um on my list and this one i don't know i think this one might surprise some people i don't know that this is one that a lot of people dream about or if they were you know to choose something but my number three is walt disney world security wow and uh a couple of reasons uh one uh you guys know that i'm retired military retired from the air force in 2013 um and then my current job i'm still i still wear my uniform every day i'm an air force junior rotc instructor so while i'm a high school teacher uh, I still wear my uniform. So I've been in the Air Force uniform for over 25 years now. Um, and there's just something comforting to me about a uniform. And probably because I've, you know, I've been in it for over half of my life. And, um, you know, the Walt Disney World Security, they've got the, you know, they, they've got the uniform, you know. Um, I don't know if I want to be the security guy that's at the, at the bag check, you know, looking through everybody's backpacks and stuff. So I, I, I'm guessing that I'm, if I'm choosing to be Walt Disney World Security, I'm also getting to choose my location or, you know, what I get to do, which is obviously not how it works. But uh, this is make believe and I'm making the rules. So uh, I, I, I'd like to just walk around the parks and just be a roving security guard, you know, and, um, do you have a particular know, park you'd rather, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd want to rove in. 
Uh, well, look, the the oh, best wow. my my favorite thing to do in the whole Walt Disney World is just walk around World Showcase. I just love that, you know, the music and the you know everything. I just love it. So I just want to be the you know the roving security guard or whatever security we're walking around the parks. And I know that uh, Walt Disney World security they don't have. Um, you don't have a location that you go to. It's basically plug and play. So you might be, you know, at Epcot this week and, you know, the studios next week or whatever. So. Although uh, lately there have been so many incidents going on at the parks, I, it, it would probably be much more of an active position than it had been in the past. I, I would say that's probably true. And uh, I've actually gone through the interview process uh, at Walt Disney World um, via a phone interview a couple of years ago. Uh, and they actually offered me a job uh, as Walt Disney World security. Wow. Um, because they um, they like to hire uh, former military and former law enforcement to be their security people. You don't have to have military or law enforcement um, experience to get the job, but it's basically it's all it's almost um almost like a no-brainer for them to hire if uh, if you have that experience so uh it, at the time i was hoping to get just a summer job and um and it wasn't when the lady was like great you're retired air force we'll hire you for security uh it wasn't clear to her i had to make it clear to her that i wasn't looking to come on full time it was just uh, for the summer she said oh that's one of the areas where we don't do that part-time thing. Security is, it's such an involved thing that it has to be full-time. So um, I, I didn't get hired as Walt Disney World Security, but I almost did. So, uh, but I think it would be cool. Again, you know, that, that security blanket, I guess I feel that way with the uniform on and everything. Uh, so that's my number three. It would be to Walt, be Walt Disney World Security. All right. So, Ron, we'll jump back to you. How about number two on your list? What is your second? Well, I'm going to jump back to number three for just a second. Oh, okay. Because, Go ahead. Um, I really can combine my number four and number three. The other thing that was going to be my number four was to be a waiter or wait, yeah, waiter at um, one of the restaurants again where you get to immerse into the the magic whispering springs which is at um wow wilderness lodge yes wilderness lodge <laughs> and matter of fact in we have a character or a waitress that we request every single time empty and she's been there every year that since we've been going as a family. And so that's been fun to, she remembers you guys, right? And she does remember yeah. us and, and it's nice. And it just is fun and um, interesting that she has not moved though. She's had opportunity to move up. She enjoys doing the, the, um, customer interaction and, and being at the roots of, of that. And it's not an easy job. I mean, just because she's a request, I think she gets requested a lot and though she still has the same 
duties as the rest of wait- waitresses w- with every job comes things that nobody wants to do, but you do them and waiting tables is not an easy job. So anyway, um, but I do think it would be fun to, to be at prime time or at whispering Canyon or be one of the characters in one of the rides. I'm not, you know, so that, yeah, that'd be fun to me. But so, my number two. <laughs> so here goes Ron changing the rules as we go. He's, I did change he, the rules. Yeah, he's like, I figured I'd play my, Dewey for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my honorable mention now <laughs> and you're going to like it. <laughs> um, the um, My number two, which would have been likely my number one had the rules not changed to this, but is monorail driver. And the reason it's not number one is because you're not allowed, guests are not allowed to ride with the monorail drivers anymore. And to me, one of the most magical times that we had at the parks, honestly, this was a little unknown secret. You didn't, I didn't know. And I don't think the general public knows that you could ride in the, in the, captain's chambers if you're whatever you call it cockpit um (laughs) without if you ask all you had to do was say hey can i ride with the with the captain and you could ride with them and and i found out through via the mouse house board that we all met on that you could do that and we have a great picture of both our girls sitting at the front of the monorail as we were going and it was a magical moment that unfortunately nobody can experience now. And, and that's too bad because the, the driver that we had, you, they could give you a driver's license, a Disney monorail driver's license, and they could tell you some history that other cast members probably could, but just didn't have that excluded time to to have those conversations so it was very interesting it was also interesting to me that it was not automated that it truly had a driver i probably always assumed that the monorail was an automated system but it's not that's a good one actually and i uh, I don't know you didn't if, think of that one i did i figured that, that would be the one that was yeah, i thought be about that duplicated and i think my the, my best guess is that I didn't think about it because what you said, because the rules have changed. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think that I even thought about that, but it's silly that it's not on my list. Cause that is even without having cast members in, 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 or not having cast, not having guests in there with the cast member, it's probably still a super cool job. You know, oh, I, mean, yeah. like, There's a, a, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, it was very interesting to me though. Um, when you are a driver of the monorail, that's not your only job. Your other job is to manage the crowds at the stations. And all of the people that manage the crowds at the stations are also monorail drivers. So they all do the dirty work, if you will, of managing crowds. But then they look forward to the rotation when they get to drive the monorail, which was interesting to me. So this is going to go back literally over 20 years ago but um 
you guys know, I don't know if I've mentioned it to, on the show or not before, but my wife and I met at Disney World and uh, she was a cast member and I was a guest and uh, her, one of her best friends that she worked with um, was married to, uh, at the time, I don't think that he still works there anymore, but at the time, 20, I don't know, whatever 1999 was, 23 years ago, whatever, um, her best friend's husband was a monorail driver. So uh, we, I found out a few stories kind of similar to what you said about you're, you're not just the monorail driver, you're also you know, loading and unloading and all that yeah. stuff at the station. So, uh, some pretty cool stuff, but I definitely think that's a cool job. And Ron, I'm glad you had it on your list because that one inexplicably did not make my list. So that is a failure on my part. Nice work, Ron. All right, Tony, what is number two on your favorite or most desired Walt Disney world cast member dream job? Okay. Well, it's not really number two. It probably should have been number one, but I think I'm going to save a fun one for number one. But for number two, I would have to say I'd like to be involved in the on the creative side of things and not necessarily an, an Imagineer, but one of the people who works behind the scenes to create part of the magic, like the little movies that you see before you go on an attraction or who plans how things are going to affect the the interaction between the audience and the attraction i i think the behind the scenes part of that just sounds so fascinating whenever i, I watch the i guess they are imagineers but whenever i watch the team talk i feel incredibly jealous like i want to be on that team i want to be able to to be one of those people who tells you oh yeah this ride is coming and it's going to be wonderful and i know the inside stuff about it and uh, I helped design how this is going to happen. I would love to be part of that creative process, even even so much to say uh, one of the movies for Epcot, you know, for one of those attractions that you get to see. I'd like not not necessarily um, traveling to the country to do it, but perhaps behind the scenes trying to make sure that it's edited in a way that attracts people or presented in a way that makes people excited about what they're seeing. So that's it's kind of more of a of a realistic kind of a goal there. But uh, it, I know whenever I watch Disney things that show behind the scenes, I, I want to be part of that world. Yeah. That's look, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. That's, that's really cool. Cause I didn't think of um, jobs like that. I was truly thinking of jobs that you see within the parks, mm -hmm. but there is a part of me that would love to go to Disney and be a project manager, which I, yeah. is what I do for real today, you know? And so there, that, if that opportunity opened, I would definitely walk through it. I've put my resume in a couple of times, not even heard it's been silent. So um, I'm sure they get literally thousands when those positions open, but um Anyway, I didn't mean to take that, but I that's really cool thought, and I think that would be fun. All right. First of all, Ron, uh, you should keep putting in your resume like on a weekly basis. Don't don't just give up for real, um, Tony. I'm I. That's got to be on everybody's radar. Every yeah. single person that is a Disney fan has to think Imagineer. You know. Yeah. Um, I. It did not make my list, not because I don't think it's 
probably the single coolest thing to do at Walt Disney World or for the Disney company. It didn't make make my list because I am just not a creative person. I I can't make things with my hands. I I I'm not um says the guy who helped us create this show. Come right, on, exactly. <laughs> well, that's and because comes up with topics, comes up with the way this goes and leads the show, but he's not creative. He's not. I think this doing the show, thank you by the way, but uh I think for me the show is closer to being a teacher like what I do. Okay. Um, I can see that. Cuz it's being a teacher, you're a performer, you know, I mean really Anybody can get up there and talk in front of people and bore them to death. But being a teacher is more about keeping them engaged and keeping them awake, you know, being just interesting enough to uh, to not bore them to death. So I, I feel more like I'm kind of in that same role when I'm here uh, on the show. I, I, it's it's different than being creative as as. Uh, making something out of nothing, you know, like I, 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 I couldn't have created, you know, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. You know, I would never. Have oh, I'm thought. always amazed. I'm always amazed by that. But that's why I said it. Not not necessarily an Imagineer, but more a part of the team that makes that that dream happen. Like if Tony Baxter came up with an idea, I'd love to be one of the people who helps take that idea further because i think on the other hand i would be very if i were in his position and i and i proposed something to because obviously everything in disney has to be to a board and that that keeps all of your ideas keep getting shot down you start losing faith in what you're able to do and how to how to present your ideas and you feel uncreative because you're surrounded by a lot of people who are much more creative you know someone who'll look at a at a at a pebble and go oh this will be great to sell in you know epcot or whatever I, I would never be able to be that person, but I would love to be able to take an idea. Like, let's say they, they came up with an attraction and they said they want um, this kind of a film to help the audience get immersed in the process before they go in. I would, I would love to be part of that kind of a team. I think that sounds super cool. And uh, I still don't think I'm that, that kind of creative <laughs> mind that could do something like that. Uh, I think how I mean you're the guy that does all the production on this show and you you know you are um I, I can definitely see you filling a role in, of that kind of uh in, in in that kind of role. I definitely if we were talking if we're talking that. dream jobs, I would say probably that. Yeah. Yeah, that's there, awesome. there's, there's a meme there's a meme that's going around that says dream job, darling. I don't dream of labor, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but uh that would be probably what I would love to do for that company. Yeah, that's a good one, Tony. And like I said, if I wasn't a complete creative dud, that <laughs> may have made my list too. But um, I am a creative dud, so I'll leave the creativity up to you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So my second one, my number two on my list of uh, Disney dream jobs, uh, again, is probably not something that's on everybody's list. Um but and there's a there's a maybe a little uh, a little bit of a discussion I can add to it to maybe make it make sense for you guys. But it's pretty simple. Uh, resort hotel gift shop clerk. Oh, cool! And and look at Ron's face. He's like, why clerk? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so 
the for me one of the allures of that role would be the limited responsibility because um look in the air force i was a medic and um have literally held other people's lives in my hands you know i've you know performed cpr and um done AED shocking of people and, you know, save lives. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of responsibility. Um, as a teacher, you know, Ron, you, you, and we had a discussion before we started the show about, you know, uh, my thoughts of being a teacher and everything and how it's not, um, it's a whole lot more than just standing in front of a group of kids and pointing to a PowerPoint. And it being a teacher is an enormous responsibility. And um, I'm tired of being a grown up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of having the responsibility of, you know, somebody's life as a, as a, a military medic or as somebody's, you know, future uh, as being an educator. Um, I, the last couple of trips we've gone to or last couple of times we've gone to Florida um, we've made it a point to just go visit uh, and walk around resorts that we haven't really spent a lot of time in and the last two we've done was um, oh my gosh it's my, my mind just went blank Animal Kingdom Lodge was one what's the other one um, the, the New Orleans one um, oh my gosh my mind has just gone blank What's the, it used to be Dixie Landings. It's um, oh my gosh, why has my mind just gone? Port Orleans, uh, Port Orleans, yeah, Port Orleans. Um, you know, we went there to get the beignets and stuff. And during the those, what? huh? What'd you say you got? Beignets. Oh, okay. You know, a uh, little French pastry. They're yeah. they're big in New Orleans. Um. In both of those visits to uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge and Port Orleans, we, you know, I said, like I said, we walked around the, um, walked around the resorts outside, inside, everything, ate something here. And, um, and inevitably we made it through the gift shops and it was in the middle of the day. So I'm pretty sure that those gift shops are probably pretty busy in the morning before everybody gets on the bus. And they're probably pretty easy, e busy in the evening as everybody's coming back from the parks and, you know, that kind of stuff. But in the middle of the day at like one o'clock in the afternoon, it was pretty chill. There was, you know, I remember at Port Orleans in the gift shop, there was nobody else in there. It was literally a clerk and my family of four. And we just walked around and there was Disney magical music playing. And the, the, we had a really nice conversation with the clerk and, um, uh, and it, 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 it really kind of struck me that they're, they're not in the hustle and bustle of the park. Uh, it's probably, you know, it, except for maybe busy times, it was probably, it, it seemed to be less hectic, but they were still a part of the magic, you know, still had the name tag, still had the music. Uh, and they were able to, in both cases of, of my interaction with the, the clerk at Port Orleans 
and my interaction with the clerk at uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, they we had, I don't know, a 10 minute conversation with them and got to interact more than you can with, you know, someone at the at the at the parks where it's like, how many is in your party Four, OK, number two, you know, and just like, you know, go, 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 go. Um, it was more laid back and, and uh, more, I don't know, personal, I guess you could say. Uh, and it just made me made me think that that might be a fun place to, to be, you know, low responsibility, but high guest interaction, you know, uh, yeah. and it just seemed fun to me. And I it, it low. Uh, what am I looking? What low pressure, low. You know what I mean? Like, no, pressure yeah, I mean, there. when when I was thinking of these jobs, it's definitely from a retired type. Uh-huh. Job. I definitely, and that's probably why I didn't lean towards some of the more professional services type positions that when I was thinking of them, of just wanting to be immersed in the magic and part of the magic. And but you bring a good point with that, with that, you get the opportunity to still be somewhat immersed but not so hectic every day right exactly and and that appeals to me um you guys know my father-in-law is uh is a cast member and has been for he's in his this is his 20 he's finished 25 he's in year 26 now at uh walt disney world and uh, we talk about it a lot you know he knows it's my dream and everything and he knows that that's my plan in a couple of years uh, and he says, man, I'm telling you, with your level of education and with your experience in, you know, teaching and then, you know, leading and mentoring and stuff, he said, they will hire you in a heartbeat to be a manager, whether that's a, a manager of a location or manager of a department or whatever. He said, you, you will have zero problems getting a position as a manager for Disney World. And I'm 50% of me is interested in that because managers uh, almost instantly get what they call the silver pass. If you're just a regular cast member, kind of like I'm talking about, like the working at a resort hotel or something, um, you have to work there for 15 years before you get your silver pass, which the silver pass is good for the rest of your life to get you into uh, the parks as a cast member. Um, so even if you left, you keep your silver pass? Yes. It, after you hit 15 years. <coughs> but as me. a manager, do you get to keep it? As a manager, you earn that immediately because of the level of responsibility. So that appeals to me in a way, you know, I'm not sure. Do I, do I want to be the laid back resort hotel gift shop clerk? Like I'm, you know, kind of leaning towards because the lower levels of responsibility appeals to me after, you know, two decades in uniform. But at the same time, if I, if I only work there for 10 years or so, which is kind of my plan, um, then I'm, I won't have that silver pass and I'll have to buy the annual passes or for whatever. 
Uh, but if I was a manager, then Silver Pass is already on the table. So that's it. That's but for me, like at least at this point in my life right now, where I'm still immersed in the the high levels of responsibility and stuff that I that I feel as a, as an educator, the resort hotel gift shop clerk <laughs> sounds pretty pretty chill and, and is appealing to me. So we'll see what happens in three years when I, you know, hopefully go through the interview process and get hired. But right now in my mind, resort hotel gift shop clerk sounds pretty appealing. Did I make that make sense for you, Ron? Because you had a shocked look on your well, face. I did, but you, <laughs> yeah, I think it made a lot of sense. I just would have expected you to want to be a gift shop clerk in the parks just to be immersed but you made a great point that you could still get some of that immersion but just not such a high traffic and dude think about this and you what you just said about high traffic exactly right think about those poor tortured souls that work at the emporium and just think about how the Emporium is a madhouse, chaotic, just out well, of and I'm, I'm sure you just, I'm sure you just draw, draw into uh, a, um, an understanding that the lines are going to be out the door, whether I work hard or if I work steady or if I get stressed out or if I don't get stressed out. And so I think you just find that happy space where you just interact with the, the customer and hopefully none of them are jerks. And you just find that happy space where you just realize you work hard and you do your job, but the line's always going to be there. I can't think of the bakery on main street in the dead of summer. No, thank you. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. So you guys, you got, you knew me when I was uh, deployed to Iraq. Um, we got hazardous duty pay because, which means you get paid a little bit extra because bad guys are shooting at you. Right. Right. Look, I, I think the folks that work in the Emporium should be getting hazardous duty pay. I'm, I'm <laughs> I really, I mean, anybody that, that works on main street in the, in the dead of summer, I just for can't real. imagine that's that is or during any parade for that matter. Yes, hundred percent. They should be getting hazardous duty pay if they work on Main Street. For real, man, it's a nut house down because there. I and and here's the thing. I mean, Disney. You know, Disney is huge on customer service, so you know that they get these people that are very aggravated already that everything costs such a high dollar. And so they expect perfection. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, if, if I'm paying for something, I really want stuff to be right too, but you don't have to be a jerk. But we all know there's many jerks that if, and so I can't imagine some of the craziness that cast members can tell us about. So uh, Disney, if you're listening, pay Main Street employees hazardous duty pay. <laughs> for sure. All right. So here we are. Uh, before we get to our number ones, I think we were going to talk about um, honorable mentions, something that was really close to making 
our list, but for one reason or another, didn't make, quite make it into the top three. So, uh, Ron, you want to start with uh, one of your honorable mentions? Yeah, one of my honorable mentions would be photographer. Um, like the photo pass guys? Yeah, photo pass guys. Because they, you can get those guys to do family shots. You can get them. You know that they're taking professional. I'm sure um, Disney has specific photographers that they use for um production and stuff but it'd be fun to be that guy that gets called out to take the pictures with the celebrity and the in the characters um but even just taking pictures of families on on um main street and put having them put their hands together so tinkerbell can um magically appear to be standing there i don't know it just would i think that that would be a high um rewarding job it'd be in the summer i don't know it'd be really, really <laughs> so yeah ron um on the perfect days when it's 70 and a cool breeze you want to set your, your own schedule right exactly set your own <laughs> schedule and look ron uh photo pass is actually number five on my list so it's, oh wow it's not going to be my honorable mention because i've got one more in between but Photo pass pick uh, photographer was is number five on my list. So that's interesting. Almost made the cut. So I think that'd be a great job too. All right, Tony, what is your honorable mention of Walt Disney World dream job? Honorable mention would have would have been something that I wanted a long time ago. Uh, I guess from my first visit to the park, and that would be it's something that not an everyday job. Obviously, it's something that you do, but it it has a lasting impact on the visit there. And that would be be uh, the announcer, the announcer for any oh. of those things, like you know, por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas, or something <laughs> like that. Or, ladies and gentlemen, which you can't say anymore, but whatever it is, um, welcome to Walt Disney World. I'd love to be that person who has that recording yeah, the voice everywhere. Thank so, you. I've been practicing for 30 years. <laughs> you want to be the new Jack Wagner, huh? There you go. Yes. I would love to do that voice or do any of the, the kind of narration that, that would be involved with that. That's 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 pretty good one. I like that. I mean, I'll tell you, to this day, I don't know, I'm you know, 40 years into uh going to Disney World and uh when I still hear Jack Wagner's voice, man, it's still like it feels like disney world you know that's what i'm saying you can't replace that but it would be fun to uh to think that you would do something and yeah, be a lasting absolutely. impact like that i mean because you know unfortunately jack wagner's no longer with us yeah so they so have somebody's to, gonna have to do something right exactly there has to be another voice so why not tony g <laughs> why not tony g i almost spit out my water when you said that. <laughs> sorry sorry I, i'll i will never compliment you again while, <laughs> while drinking you know what's so. fun to me is to be listening to commercials and try to figure out what celebrity they have oh yeah a spokesperson because i didn't realize it but that's a lot of a lot of celebrities do voiceover on the, yes. the spare mm -hmm. brian cranston who i don't know if you guys are fans of breaking breaking bad uh, but he does a lot of voiceovers. You hear him on all commercials all the time. So, yeah, Tony G, man, you could be the new voice of Disney World. You get my vote. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So my honorable mention, and this will probably come as no surprise to anybody, is uh, I would like to be a cast member over at 
Disney's Hollywood Studios in Galaxy's Edge. I think it would just be fun to immerse myself in Star Wars every day. Um, I think that would be super cool. Who would you want to be there? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I'm a very good actor, you know, so I don't know if I could be uh, part of the story or whatever. But even the cool thing about Galaxy's Edge, and, and we've talked about this in the past, I'm pretty sure, uh, on the show, it, the cool thing about Galaxy's Edge is that they allow, unlike any other place in the park, they allow the cast members to create their own yeah. Star Wars backstory. So even if you're the, you know, if I'm the guy working the 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 Coca-Cola cart and selling the the you know explosive bottles, you know the the yeah. the bottles of Coke that look like um, a uh, thermal detonator, they have a backstory and their you know their name tag says you know what a Corellia or whatever planet, yeah, um, and they get to create their own backstory that that is their life in the Star Wars universe. That'd be um, kind of cool. So I think that would be super fun. And uh, so that's my honorable mention. Just to just to be able to put on Star Wars clothes. And look, uh, I've only been there once just to Galaxy's Edge. I get to go during the cast member preview in, in August of 2019. And one of the cast, it was it was rainy. It was it had been a rainstorm and it was kind of uh, just still a little misty or a little sprinkly or whatever. And one of the cast members that I just stood and talked to for a minute or two. And I actually asked him if I could take his picture because he was wearing uh, over his galaxy's edge costume. He was wearing an indoor poncho. So, you know, the, the green camouflage yeah. poncho that Luke and Leia wore when they're on the uh, speeder bikes, yeah. he was wearing an indoor poncho. And I was like, dude, that is so cool. You know, how cool is that? Um, so I think that would be super fun. That is my honorable mention would be a, a Galaxy's Edge cast member. All right. So here we are. We're at the big reveal. We're going to talk about our number one most dreamed about uh, Walt Disney World cast member job. So, Ron, you want to go ahead and fill us in. What is number one on your list? So this may be a little bit anticlimactic, but for me, it's honestly to be a VIP host. So Tony, you kind of talked about it already, but the opportunity to go places that nobody else can go just at, you know, you're off the beaten path. They, I know for a fact that when you would win certain things within Disney, that VIP host becomes part of that experience and you become, so if you won a night in the castle, a VP host, VIP host will take you to Cinderella's Royal table to have dinner. They will escort you because you're treated with that prize. You were treated with front of the line, not only front of the line, VIP escorted to the front of the line to ride anything you wanted to ride. You literally were a celebrity for the day. Um, pomp and circumstances were everywhere that they would go. But then the, the VIP would take them to the hotel room in the castle. So you would 
absolutely have the opportunity to see that and be the one to explain where all the amenities are, how things work. Um, And to your point, Tony, you're going to be taking people that can afford a very exclusive experience and getting to meet and interact with some of those people would be a lot of fun. Sure. There's famous people involved. Yeah. I'm sorry. There'll be famous people involved as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it would it would be a high, I think it would be a high stress um, job, though, hopefully not. I mean, but I'm sure the standards are high. I doubt that uh, they normally have very good looking young people doing those roles. So I don't think <laughs> I qualify at this point. None of us qualify, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> But it would be a lot of fun. And I think um, it's an experience that would be very unique and only Disney would be able to provide that. All right. So it looks like we're getting two plaid vests for a couple of guys here <laughs> on the show. That's pretty good. All right, Tony. So that's a good one, Ron. Actually, that is a good one. Too bad we're all too old and not good enough looking. <laughs> I, I would. I wouldn't say that's one of the people that I took that I went on one of the VIP guests. I think it was one of the Walt Disney World. She looked like she had once played Fairy um, um, Cinderella's godmother. Oh wow! And so okay. she was. You know, she was of age. So I don't think they care about that. It's very possible, but yeah. the ones I've seen are definitely. Nowadays, probably, yeah. You know, but um, I'm sure that what they really care about is your ability to interact and exactly and 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 provide that information that they're looking for. Exactly. Don't give up the hope. Don't give up the dream, (laughs) Ron. (laughs) Maybe they'll take an old guy. There you go. All right, Tony. How about you, sir? What is your number one Disney Walt Disney World dream job? Well, similarly, like like Ron, mine also harkens to something that we we just discussed a couple of minutes ago. Um, Dewey, I'm with you with wanting to be part of Galaxy's Edge. That probably, if I were to move there, that's exactly what I'd want to do. However, I have a specific character that I'd like to play, and that would be in Savi's workshop. I want to be one of the gatherers, actually the lead gatherer, whose name is Kembi. And I, 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 when I watch, I've seen many videos of people building their lightsabers, and there's a guy who who leads the the uh, the group there and, and helps you through that experience. Some of them have been better than others, and I remember one of the first things I thought about was, you're not doing the accent right. You're from another world. You've got to do something that, like, I'd like to do, you know, I'll just real quickly, I'll show you. Them. Welcome. My name is Kembi. I'm part of a small group known as the gatherers, you know, create a character, not just play yourself. Like sometimes it's just, you know, hi, I'm from this. And I'm, I think it'd be a lot of fun to create your own character and create your own world. Um, but staying within the star Wars parameter. So that's definitely something that I would love to do. And if not there, then definitely one of the cast members floating about the place, because it just, it just be a lot of fun to walk around and say bright suns and freak people out. <laughs> yeah, I'm would not... you like to use the refresher, sir? <laughs> my my droid, my droid is 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 in the back somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that the refresher, that's good stuff. Uh, this, I'm not surprised that um, the three of us, and you know, we never talk about these lists ahead of time, yeah. so I didn't know your list, and I didn't know Ron's yeah. list, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there appears to be at least a little bit 
of uh of crossover some uh mm -hmm. some similarities maybe they're just in different locations on our list so no surprise there we're, we're pretty like-minded on a lot of things all right so uh and to continue that um like-mindedness uh my number one i it was actually uh on ron's top three uh and mine would be for uh, for me to be a haunted mansion or Tower of Terror cast member, wow! Uh, th those just seem like the absolute Absolutely. most fun because uh, listen, I tell my cadets, my students at high school, uh, you know, I always joke about um, you know how poorly we're paid, which is not a joke, but I make jokes about it. It's true, we're poorly paid, but I always tell them that uh you know i'm not here for the money i get paid so poorly the only way i can make up for it is i entertain myself by tormenting you the student that is that's like the i can't get paid in cash so i get paid in your misery so i uh i make it a a, a daily uh, occurrence to to poke fun and you know just just have fun with the kids and and you know joke around with them and stuff and that is what the Haunted Mansion and the Tower of Terror cast members get to do all day, every day. They get to be spooky or be weird or be, you know, whatever. And uh, just mess around, maybe scare uh, cast, uh, not cast members, maybe scare guests or just, you know, I don't know, maybe walk with a limp or something. Just, you know, just, just yuck it up and have you remember the time. first time you go into a Haunted Mansion, you actually think that you're actually trapped in that room if you don't know any better. Yeah, I mean it's you know, it, but that only works if the cast members. If are the cast it. member, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like one of the best things is you know when you're you've been waiting in the line for Haunted Mansion and you get all the way up to the front and the doors are closed right there where the Madame Leota um, tombstone is, and you're waiting for the doors open and when they finally do, there's like a cast member in one of their super cool costumes. And like, you know, the makeup and they're like, you know, just like freak you out and look at you and, you know, make a face or whatever. And then they and I like, they're just deadpan, you know, they they don't break character and everything. Uh, I had a guy on Tower of Terror one time, one of the and this was probably 20 years ago, but I still remember it to this day. It was one of the best uh, character cast member interactions I've ever had. And I watched him. I rode the ride you know, three or four times in a row, you know, this is back in the day when you could do that. And the guy didn't miss a beat. He was on in character and did it every single time I wrote it three or four times in a row, but he would, but it was fantastic. He would, you know, go through the spiel and, you know, tell you, you know, the elevator's broken or whatever, have a seat, put on the seat belt or whatever. And, he would uh, tell you everything, check your, make sure your belt's tightened. And then he would walk out of the car and get right to right before the doors closed. And he uh, would turn around and face you again. And as the doors were closing, he would say, Oh no, one more very important. <laughs> and then the doors close and you're like, Oh no, you know, but it was hilarious. And, it, it like you know it it really sold the show it made me think oh no he was going to tell me something and now we're doomed you know uh it was just really really awesome and that is incredibly simple he he didn't do any you know what i mean it's like just 
he, he didn't have to do that. All he has to do is sit you down and make sure you're in your seatbelt and let yeah. the door close. That's all he has to do. But what he did do was sell the experience and make it scary or make it spooky or make it whatever. And that just seems like a ton of fun to be able to create that for guests all day, every day. So that is uh, why that's number one on my list, probably because that that one guy that made that experience for me, I would love to do that for other people all the time. I think that'd be super fun. So that is my number one haunted mansion or tower of terror cast member. That would be my number one on my list. All right, guys. So that was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming along on that, that little journey with us listeners. If you guys are, uh, enjoying this topic and want or dream of being a Disney world cast member, like we do, we would love to hear some of your favorite picks something that you would like to to do if you were to be a Disney World cast member. Or if you are a Disney World cast member, then we would love to hear from you too. Tell us what you do and tell us why you have the best cast member job at Walt Disney World. That'd be fun to discuss as well. All right, fellas. So let's hop on over to our next segment. This is a little something we call What's Happening Now in Walt Disney World. All right, so for what's happening now in Disney World this week, uh, we're still going to talk about what's happening in Disney World. Uh, not going to steer away from it completely, but I did want to kind of maybe change the way we talk about it for a second or two. So, so this week I wanted to talk about the newest attraction to open at Walt Disney World, and more specifically, what opened in the slowly transforming park, my beloved Epcot Center. So as most of you know, on April, not April, May 27th, after a couple of weeks of cast member previews, uh, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind officially opened. So crowds are able to, to make their um, whatever that Disney Genie thing is that they make you do now, uh, your, um, you know, your reservations. Uh, they're gone at like 7 zero zero point zero one seconds they're all done for the day you have to wait until 1 p.m but that's not what i'm here to talk about what i wanted to talk about was its placement in what was formerly future world east but is now a part of the new neighborhood groupings uh, of world discovery world celebration world nature and of course of course world showcase the former future world niece future goodness gracious the future world East now residing in what is now world discovery. Most of you know, if you've been listening to the show that I've expressed some concerns about what the addition of a Disney intellectual property like Marvel to Epcot meant to the integrity of, in my opinion, the once magnificent park. And I'm not here to say that those concerns have been completely put at ease. uh, But what I am here to say And what has been done is that a little, uh, my my concerns have been slightly put at ease. They're not gone, but they're slightly put at ease. Um, What I've done is a little out of ordinary for me. I've actually gone onto YouTube and watched some spoiler-laden videos 
on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Y'all know that I don't normally like to go watch videos of stuff I haven't. Yeah, that is unusual for you. That's very unusual for me. But uh, this one seems personal because they're messing with my Epcot. So uh, I've gone to look and take a peek behind the curtain, if you will. Uh, So what I did is I went to one of my favorite YouTube channels that I subscribe to and uh, his... His, uh, the channel is named Offhand Disney. I don't know if you guys have watched that yeah. or not. Okay, Tony, I see Tony saying yes. I like him. He's kind of, kind of, I don't know, quirky and kind of offbeat a little bit. But he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a younger guy. He's younger than we are. Yeah. But he still has that. He shares that same affection to the original mission of Epcot that I feel. So I usually enjoy his videos. So I, I feel like I, uh, when able to trust his opinions and to trust his analysis. So I wanted to go check out what he was saying. And he did an entire video just asking the question, if Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind fit within the original premise of Epcot Center. And he was pleasantly surprised. I don't want to give too much away of what he revealed in his video because, you know, he's looking for folks to come watch his video. So I highly recommend going and checking out Offhand Disney on YouTube. But did you get to watch it? Did you get to write it? He, yeah, he wrote it twice that day. And um, he, and, and the video is pretty in-depth. It shows the queue. It shows uh, the pre-show. It shows some of the ride footage. I actually skipped the ride. I didn't. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be. You know, completely opened uh, my eyes to the ride. So I skipped through the ride. I just wanted to hear what he thought about it. And what I appreciated is that he said, and he actually did a really nice job explaining how he felt that the Imagineers made every effort possible to make this attraction the guardians of the galaxy attraction to make it feel like an original epcot pavilion so the it's called the wonders of xandar which is you know a a guardians of the galaxy planet and they tried to make the wonders of xandar pavilion fit into the mix of all the existing epcot epcot pavilions so he says that it it really has that feel it has some of the, the same textures that you would have got from a 1980s era uh, Epcot Pavilion, and it's got music and stuff. And he's so he he has uh, slightly put my mind at ease that it even though they went with the Marvel IP instead of you know trying to stick to you know the universe of energy or something like that. He said they did try all those shoehorning Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel into it. They did make the the physical location feel like a a classic Epcot pavilion. So, fellas, what do y'all think? Have you checked out any of the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind videos? How do y'all think it fits as far as being in Epcot? I'm telling you, I'm a giant skeptic. But uh, offhand Disney, you know, I'm, I'm taking his word for it until I can experience it myself. And he says they did a pretty good job. So what are y'all thinking? What's your take? Have y'all seen any of the videos? I've seen the videos and um, I actually like 
his uh, channel, by the way. I, I think he's got a lot of interesting documentaries and a lot of behind the scenes things and stories. Uh, the, if you like what we talk about, you can go to his site and see some of the visuals of, of, of the history of, of the rights. Um, I have seen the videos and I, I guess the pre-show area is probably the closest thing to feeling like the old Epcot. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, of an event, interventions, but uh, mm -hmm. the ride itself um, from what I saw it seemed to be more of a, of a modern roller coaster thing. I didn't really see anything epcot in there that I can remember, but it's interesting that they tied the theme of, of someone revisiting the old Epcot and, and uh, as I mentioned once before that he, he mentions about, he, he speaks about Star-Lord mentioned some rides that he misses and he can't wait to get on that are a little long since gone. Yeah. He even mentions, he's like, I can't wait to ride horizon. Yeah. Something like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Which is, you know, you can either be, think it's hilarious or you can be quite offended by it, you know, and be like, how dare they? The but only problem with those cues is that usually you're trying to avoid the queue. So you get the fast, whatever the, 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 the lightning lane or whatever it is to try to walk past that as fast as possible. So you'll miss all those little details that are there on the way to, to the ride. What about you, Ron? Have you had a chance to check out any of the videos or are you, are you still staying clear of them or what's your take? Yeah, I've not looked at the videos um, yet. But um, it is interesting to hear you talk about how they seem to be um, kind of including the old school Epcot into the way that they're trying to come along and redesign Epcot. And to me, I think that's, I mean, our favorite phrase is um, to refurbish, not replace. And it sounds like maybe that at least with this, they feel like Epcot may have lost some of its edge and now coming back and reimagining re re it so that not to do away with the past, but to emphasize or to improve or enhance the past. And so that's encouraging to me. I think that um, in a, time it seems disney is doing away with a lot of of their of the really good stuff that disney did and to hear that they are trying to at least hold on to the history of epcot that is encouraging well you know i mean we always say it but our favorite stuff that disney does is the non-ip stuff you know yeah you got uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion and Expedition Everest all created, you know, it's all even even Figment with Journey to Imagination, you know, the original. Um, but that's the best. That's classic Disney World. And that's what people of of our era, I think, are still clamoring for. You know, we want more of that. We look if I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll just rent the movie. Or something. I don't need to, you know, you don't need to take out Universe of Energy and give me Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they seem to have taken on a little bit of a universal feel with the with as much IP as they do now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where everything is a movie over at Universal. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. So and and honestly, 
if you stop and think about our generations, the generation that is coming up and, and likely to spend money on, on amusement parks and, and that type of thing, they come from a much more technical, much more immersed um, immersed into technology and or movies that they watch their games center around the movies that they watch the everything becomes there's no nothing that doesn't have a world to it if you will and so i think that probably appeals to the newer generations as well i certainly agree with that i mean you saw that with um when they redid Spaceship Earth last time and, it, you know, the touch screens and, the, you know, all that stuff, that was certainly pandering to, you know, the uh, what are they, Generation Z or whatever this generation is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, you know, so. Kind of connected to this. Well, I mean, it's co definitely connected to this, but did you guys see right after Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind officially opened? Um, and um, I can't remember who released it, but there was an Imagineer that put out a, a a little snippet or a little interview or whatever about the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy. And he said that the original plan for the replacement for Universe of Energy, did you guys hear this? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let, this will be fun to talk about. The original plan before it became what it is was that it was going to be an Omni coaster, which is what they've now dubbed this ride because it's like an Omni mover, like your, your Haunted Mansion, but it's a coaster. So that was their idea that it was going to be this new dynamic ride. And it was going to be in keeping with the, the uh, theming or whatever, if you will, of, universe of energy it was going to be an omni coaster about the big bang so you know i mean and they even talk about the big bang in the uh the ellen's energy adventure yeah the, the, that part of um universe of energy so it was going before it was guardians of the galaxy it was going to be an omni coaster about the big bang and in my head i'm like oh my god that would have been the best ever you know because it's original ip rather than or it's original rather than ip and you know our good buddy bob paycheck said that sounds good put in guardians of the galaxy and so they're like oh okay and they shoehorn it in there do you think though if they had gone with that idea that there would have been as long lines as there are for it now i think so because yeah. it doesn't matter it's something what. new it's something new absolutely i mean it doesn't matter it's saying, assuming they put the same money and effort into it, right? That it's still this supposedly phenomenal coaster and great special effects. Assuming they did all that, but just wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't see why it would, would not be as great, you know? Uh, and, you know, in this old guy's opinion, it would probably be better because it's, you know, it's original. It's something you're not going to see anywhere else. Do you have any but, idea what their last original ride like that would have been? Is it something? It has to be Everest. 
It has to or be Everest. Everest. What 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 has come out since then? I, I, it has to be Everest that they've gone to the the point where they've created this whole backstory and this whole you know this whole town basically. Uh, I can't think of anything since then that hasn't been Finding Nemo or Ratatouille or you know Marvel. You know, there, there. I if it maybe I'm missing something, but I can't think of anything. It's got to be Everest, which was like what 2000, 2002, something like that. It's, oh, it was before that, wasn't it? It's um, it's around the time we were all talking on the yeah, yeah. Web. It was it was new. No, I think yeah, you, you're right. It no, because it it was not there my first trip. It was right. something that opened after the fact uh-huh. of yeah. us going. I know that um. It opened, and this is completely, I'm going to give you this timeline that means nothing to you, but I met my wife in 1999, and uh-huh. we got married in 2000, and so um, my father-in-law worked on Kilimanjaro safaris until Everest opened, and he went to work on Everest, but he, when we met, he was at Kilimanjaro safari, Kilimanjaro safari, so it's definitely after 2000. So I don't know exactly when, but somewhere around there. So we could look it up, but I'm too lazy. So <laughs> I, I just found that interesting, you know, that um, I, I have a little hope that at least the Imagineers are, the Imagineers are doing their job. Okay. The Imagineers have not lost their edge. The Imagineers have not lost their create creativity what they've lost is the support of the president and vice president or chairman or whatever. That's what they've lost. The Imagineers, if left to their own devices, would create amazing things like they always have. But you've got the money men saying, no, put in Marvel or no, put in Star Wars. And so we're losing some of that originality, you know, that we used to get. Well, so. I, it's what we've talked about, though. And I did just look this up because I, I was interested. Um, one, guess who was the president? Uh, for Everest, it was probably um, uh, Eisner still, right? Yep, Eisner. So, and no, no surprise. He was a creative no guy. Surprise. All right. And it opened in 2006, 2006, which is a little later than I was thinking. Yeah, I, I was thinking... 0203, something like that. But yeah, so 06 sounds about right. Um, yeah, no surprise that the last time we got something completely original was from Michael Eisner. No surprise. So, um, you know, I, I'm trying to be as positive about it as I can, um, you know, because uh, it's, you know, it's there. It's not changing. It's, it is Guardians of the Galaxy and it is an Epcot. So, uh, my negativity won't change it. So I'm trying to be positive. And I'm happy that uh, that uh, offhand Disney did that video and was able to to quell some of my fears. Do they also have, is are Peter and Gamora in front as well all the time? Or is that just something that they did for the opening? Um, I actually have no idea. Um, no idea. I, I haven't seen or heard of anything else with them, uh, you know, being there or being like a character meet and greet or anything. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. All right. So that's it. There you go. That's what's happening in Walt Disney World right now. Really, the big news is that 
Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has finally opened. And I'm trying to be positive that it's going to somehow fit within the Epcot Center that I remember and love. All right. So let's swing on over to uh, the last third and last segment of our show. This is a little thing we like to call What's Your Favorite? Each week, one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the questions on the spot. So I'm going to take what's your favorite this week. And this week, fellas, for what's your favorite and maybe even less of a what's your favorite and more of a which do you prefer or which would you choose? So here is my question. If you're like me and you live off a teacher salary, you find yourself on a budget, right? A Disney World trip is never an all-out event. Sacrifices have to be made. So if you are going to Disney World and you had to choose, you had enough cash to splurge on one thing, what would you choose? Are you splurging on a more expensive hotel? Are you splurging on dining reservations or are you splurging on spending all that cash to bring home great souvenirs? You can't have them all. You can't have souvenirs and the expensive hotel. You can only have one of them. What are you choosing? Exp- more expensive hotel. More. Hey, dining I need some clear. I need some clarification though. Okay. What's your clarification questions? Good. One is the, hotel on Disney's property and two is the dining plan in effect dining plan i'm pretending like it's right now dining plan doesn't exist okay because the dining plan you can get at a hotel it's all connected that we're not doing that (laughs) right now you have to choose you can either get you can stay at you know pop century and eat every night you want you know at you know la salle or whatever uh or you can Eat at Cosmic Rays and stay at the because co- um, you know contemporary, or you can you know stay in a stay at the campground and you can buy and bring home all the souvenirs you want your whatever your heart desires, but you can only do one of those. What are you choosing? What's your favorite of those three? Are you choosing the expensive hotel? Are you expensive choosing the expensive meals, or are you choosing all those expensive souvenirs? What's your choice? What's your favorite, fellas? Tony, we'll start with you. You look like you're ready to go. You've already chosen. Yeah, I have chosen because I've had to make this decision many times. Um, we, my wife and I prefer, I loved when we get away, we love staying at the hotels. So definitely we would spend the extra money to stay at one of the more deluxe resorts. In fact, we started to do that toward the end of when we were staying there. We would try to get the best deal that we could I think the last one I stayed at was the, oh, goodness, I can't remember the name of it. The one with the Mardi Gras, not the, um, what, do you remember what that was? I don't remember what, it, it's that one on, on uh, uh, no, near Jelly near jelly Rolls, that that one. Oh, over the there. Boardwalk. The Boardwalk, thank you. I couldn't remember what that was. But, <laughs> I, earlier, I couldn't remember uh, Port Orleans. If now yeah, you can't remember Boardwalk. Can't, can't remember Boardwalk, although our stay there was pretty memorable. But, uh, you know, we have the Yacht and Beach Club in mind. We have the uh, the Caribbean Beach. Uh, and I'm sorry, not. I'm saying this all wrong. 
right the poly <laughs> she's behind me answering back there uh the poly um the um oh you right, stayed that was the poly no no these are all on our list oh so okay. we definitely have that in mind so that we will splurge we'll even splurge to stay at the four seasons if it's available i mean because only because when we go on vacation for us staying at a resort is just as much fun as especially the disney resorts as being in the parks so that's an easy answer for me i'd stay at the resort all right so tony's going with splurge on the hotel that's why i say the halcyon's not too far out of reach i mean it is but it's it's not that crazy and i mean that's not just a hotel that's the whole it's experience. an experience yeah. yeah i mean big time that you're paying for that experience right so yeah, maybe 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 the Halkins in your future. Tony. If if we go along with what you just said, where we can just spend whatever money, then yes, <laughs> that's that's where we'd stay. All right, Ron, are you prepared? Have you made a choice? I know this is like choosing which one of your children's the favorite. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the problem is is not. I think I know what I would do. The dilemma is you start thinking about your memories and you not necessarily try to recreate them, but you at least try to re-experience what, or at least the memories of the experience. And anytime you dine with Disney, it's, it's memorable. I mean, I start thinking about mm -hmm. Ohana's, like about Cinderella's Royal table. I mean, these are places that have significant memories for us. And even um, the Canadian steakhouse and it's skipping my mind. We're all having problems. Yeah. Yeah. So and I can't say it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, even that um, though, it wasn't possibly my favorite. The food was excellent. It's just so dark in there, um, but it's a great restaurant. It was pretty um, good. Yeah. Um, so that does make this less easy of a choice for me, but I would still choose housing and stay at a deluxe. We've never, we've stayed at park, um, board, boardwalk, and we've stayed at, um, is boardwalk a deluxe though? Mm -hmm. Yes. Boardwalk's oh, okay. A so we have stayed there. Um, we've not stayed though at any of the three monorail deluxes and I would love to do that. So have you ever stayed at animal kingdom at all? That's our, that used to be our favorite. Animal we've Kingdom not, Lodge. we've not, we've done wilderness. I think, yeah, we've done wilderness, but anytime oh, yeah, we've stayed similar. in a deluxe, um, it's been through renting DVC points. Right. So, which makes it much more affordable, but you're kind of this, it's kind of the stepchild <laughs> of the resort because you're not in the main, in the main, <laughs> you get all the same benefits, but it, you're not in the main structure. Right. Yeah. I love how, you, well, I love how Ron's like Ohana memories and blah, blah, blah memories and blah, blah, blah memories, but I'm going hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now the girls are off on their own lives and adventures yeah. now. So you get to make new ones in, at, at the, uh, the resort. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to introducing Nyla to Disney. For sure. So this one is a little tough for me because um, my wife and I talk about this all the time because you know you guys know we are uh, planning to move uh, 
to Central Florida in three years when my daughter graduates high school. And one of the things that we plan to do is because over the last 20 years, we haven't really got to experience a lot of the hotels because we normally stay with the, the, the either the family. At our, right. Yeah. We stay with my father-in-law because we're visiting family and we do own a timeshare down there at uh, the Sheridan Vistana villages. So we stay there a lot. So we've only stayed at a handful of the, the, the resorts. So we're, we're planning on what our big plan is, is once a month, we're going to try a new restaurant. Nice. And, oh, nice. And just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that for a while. And then we're planning it probably two or three times a year. We're just going to, even though we live there, we're just going to, you know, in the off season when it's a little bit cheaper, mm-hmm. we're going to pick one of the hotels we never stayed at and just do a, uh, like a Tuesday, Wednesday or something, you know, in the yeah. middle of the week. So it's cheaper. Less crowded. And, and like, exactly. And so we're, our, our plan is to try all the, eventually all the restaurants and all the hotels. So, so I'm trying to choose between those two. And don't get me wrong. I love souvenirs. I've got so much Disney junk <laughs> around this house and especially magnets. I bet you I have 500 magnets for, and most of them are from Disney. Uh, I have so much Disney stuff, but I'm choosing between uh, and even right now I'm talking and talking and talking because I'm stalling. Cause I don't know what I'm going to choose. <laughs> um, I think probably I'm going to go with food. I'm going to go with the meals because um, for one, it's uh, a little bit cheaper than the hotel and we, we plan on doing it more often. So we're hoping to do it like once a month. So I think, yes, if I had to choose between either spending extra money on a resort, extra money on meals, uh, or extra money on souvenirs, I think I would go with making some extra special dining reservations. Because uh, honestly, man, like it, I'm thinking about some of my favorite meals like Ohana's and Boma yeah. and stuff, and they're just phenomenal. So They well, are, and wait, I remember okay. when... What is Ron making his... Ron, what do you like? Boma was the, the worst restaurant I've ever eaten in my Dude, life. Dude, Boma is ridiculously amazing like i can't even i can't stress to you it it, it's definitely top three best meals i've had at uh walt disney world absolutely amazing you should have your your taste buds tested uh, oh my gosh dude i walk out of that place angry at myself because i've eaten too much and i'm so (laughs) uncomfortable it is so good so Uh, interesting everything is a casserole you're a lunatic. Tony, have you been there? Absolutely. We used to stay at AKL and loved Boma. Sure. Okay, good. Boom. You're outvoted, Ron. <laughs> no, I know. I'm I'm the finicky eater. And and I've really um expanded my palate. So there's a possibility, not a high one, but a possibility I may <laughs> be able to find something that wasn't on the kids menu to eat. Yeah, Ron did Boma eating chicken nuggets and (laughs) macaroni and cheese. Literally, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Boo! You're the worst. Well, the good thing about what you what you desire uh, to do there, Dewey, uh, we I got we got a slight 
a no pun intended taste of that when there was a dining plan and we were able to, I remember we, we had one trip that was mostly just going to different restaurants. We didn't even spend enough time in the parks because our reservations were, you know, we 10, 10 a.m. here, 12 p.m. there, 3 p.m. because we wanted to make the most of that dining plan, but we ate everywhere and it was great. I'll, I still have great memories of, of all the meals we had there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The dining plan, I can't imagine them not bringing that back. Um, I mean, it's possible that they won't, but it was a great for us when it originally came out. The dining plan was incredible. They've kind yeah, of when it first it came out. Now. Yeah, yeah. And right. when you first, you would get. I'm telling you, we had to leave too much food because we had too much food. We yeah. ended up going and spending our snack yeah. money. Yeah, and taking literally souvenirs. Um, no, we took um sandwiches for the road from um, that <laughs> place on um earl of sandwich oh and, yes and, we did too we did too and so we just was helped because we didn't have to pay for food on the way home <laughs> and as i think i mentioned before we brought the snack the mickey snack bars with us in, oh. in the suitcases and we the rice crispy they yeah. had those big chocolate chip cookies and we got we were able to get sandwich. i mean it was crazy yeah and the it was a bit deal, too much yeah, because, because as I mentioned, you, we couldn't even meal, do the right. You got a you got an appetizer, yeah, and dessert, and they took care of your gratuity. Yes, yes. Or did the they? Yeah, did they did take care of the tip? Yeah. yeah. All and right. And then they took the tip away, and then they took away some other stuff. Yeah, now it's in levels of what you can buy. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, me being the uh, negative Nancy all the time, I don't know if they're going to bring it back because right. they're still making money hand over fist <laughs> without giving cat uh, giving the guests uh, a break with the the meal plan. So uh, I wonder if they're still as hard to. I remember those were always so difficult to book with or without a, a meal plan. It was just impossible to book. Uh, we used to try months in advance to book our meals, and it was impossible. You still can't get a reservation for places like uh, Be Our Guest really? and stuff. Can't. Nope. Can't get them. It's crazy. All right, fellas. So thanks for playing. What's your favorite with me? That one. I was just thinking about that one earlier today, and I thought that would be fun to, to, to ask you guys. All right. So that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast, and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Overcast. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple or on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience, and it helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, requests for trips, tips, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else you can think of. We'd love to hear from you. And please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon. <laughs>